0: The VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 667, recorded on November 7th, 2022.
1: seventh edition of the tv gaming podcast and 500th episode of video game roundtable i am tj denzer
0: i am scott there and i am jonah falcon
1: the vgrt gaming podcast focuses on game news from around the industry
0: you know this is gonna be our third attempt at a 500th episode yeah (laughs) (laughs) um the first one was just terrible The second one with with Jordan was fine, but half of it didn't get recorded, or maybe two-thirds of it didn't. I mean, one-third of it didn't get recorded, so what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be appending it to the back of this episode. You'll hear what was left of that episode. And then we had to delay because everybody's doing something. As a matter of fact, um, in December, I'm going to be at PAX Unplugged.
1: Yeah, I just got back from uh, San Francisco. I was called away on a quick trip. I didn't even barely have time to prepare before it was set. Have you ever gone to PAX Unplugged? I have not, but I hear good things.
0: Yeah. No video games. All board games. That's why it's called Unplugged. (laughs) And I do a lot of board games. I just received Autobahn, a latest board game from Kickstarter. And it's okay. I liked what I saw. It isn't going to smash the world. But I did pre-order for the full $210 the Slay the Spire board game. Mm. Now, for those who don't know what Slay the Spire is, it's a game by Media Bit, it was published by Humble Games. It's a basically a collectible card game, you know, a roguelike card game in which, you know, you collect cards and you try to defeat all the enemies with it. <clears throat> so this board game is going to have 700 cards, and that's not all of it. It's going to have 400 sleeves, uh, it's going to have 100 uh, tokens. It's all it's all over the place. It's uh it's good it, people are complaining about it how expensive it was dude there's 700 cards in the damn thing <laughs> i'll tell you what why don't you get signals of the multiverse and all 11 expansions and how much uh, how much you had to spend on it i guarantee it's not under 110 dollars but i went for the ultra special version because i'm like that yeah so um by the way a couple of years ago i told you about the dark souls board game
1: did you ever get to, around to playing that i never did it uh it, it went through its Kickstarter, and it I did. know it launched, but I never got to actually get a hold of it.
2: Scott, you're My uh, brother-in-law got it, and we played it. Yes, my brother-in-law got it, and we played it at his place. And uh, it was interesting because it, it, it feels weird to play it on on a game board versus a, a video game. And so you kind of just do the grinding and uh, the I don't pattern know, memorization. not kind of weird. Again, it... Yeah, I think it doesn't really translate quite as well uh, because you're just kind of fast-forwarding the steps, and it's just it doesn't have the same feel as when you're playing in the video game. But the the figures look great, you know, that the details and uh, that they have on there are just really really good.
0: Yeah, but the game sucks. <laughs> that's what I, that's the that's what I heard from people that. Yeah, it has fi- uh, miniatures, but that's how they get you with Kickstarter. They they have games with huge, beautiful kicks, uh, miniatures, and people will shell out for it because they love toys like that.
2: You know, yeah. That's the entire so, deal. I mean, if you don't play the game, at least you have, you have the figures to look at. Um,
0: I mean, that's what drove Nemesis, but unfortunately, Nemesis didn't suck. And it doesn't suck. I haven't played the, the new version, which takes place on a Mars base, so we'll see. But this is the 500th episode of it. Video Game Roundtable. It's been a long, long time, since 2009. 13 years of this. 13 years of this, I've been doing this. I've aged over a decade. I blame everybody else.
1: Not to not to take it back for one second, but I didn't know Nemesis was old enough that it's already getting expansions.
0: No, it's it, it had expansions. No, this is a sequel. This is a full-blown oh, sequel. Yeah, yeah. Nemesis, I forgot what it's called, but it takes place on a Mars... In a Mars Nemesis base.
1: Lockdown.
0: Yeah. It takes place in a – and I missed the – I would have backed it had I known it was out there because it came with a the uh, the Medic for Nemesis, for the original Nemesis, another character class. Instead, I bought it for 50 bucks, even though it's a $10 item. Mm-hmm. But it's worth it. Uh, Nemesis is really cool. Um, if you ever want to play uh, – I think I talked about this before in which – you know how they have trader games, right? And most games you're assigned to be a trader – you know, you give it, loyal, 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 traitor, loyal, loyal, and you say, oh, well, you're a traitor. No, this game, you have to choose to be a traitor. You could either, at, at when when the first monster appears, everybody has to choose whether they're going to be in the co-op mode, or they're going to screw somebody over, like, have player one killed. <laughs> and that adds a lot more more depth to it, because, you know, it's one thing if the game tells you, yeah, you're a traitor, there's nothing you can do about it. No, this game says, Okay. Do you want to be a traitor? <laughs> Which is a lot more deep because now you're choosing to screw over your friends. Mm. And here's the thing. Your friends may be mad at you at the end of the game, but it always – they're never mad at you afterwards because it generates a great story. And that game is just full of stories. The only time it sucks is if you get killed really early. It's like, oh, guess what? We rolled the dice and you died. Bye. Ah. Uh-huh. So, anyways, um, what have you been playing, TJ?
1: I picked up League of Legends again because uh, I was covering the game this last weekend and its final uh, tournament.
0: <laughs> you're, 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 you're. You said there's not enough po- toxicity in my life. I need some toxicity. Let me play some more League of Legends. So I cracked
1: a code recently. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I. Uh, <clears throat> I have long enjoyed a certain character in the game called Lilia. she's a she's a deer girl like a centaur uh-huh. that uh, her trick is uh, she does percentage damage to enemies, which is good for like chipping away at tanks. yeah and every time she hits an enemy with her abilities, she gains a speed boost that uh, up to four stacks. That will decay as long if uh, if she doesn't keep doing damage with abilities. But if you keep doing a damage with abilities, she turns into just like
0: a spirit uh, blossom. The spirit blossom. She
1: uh she she's like a really good get in, take your hits, take your shots, get out, run away as f- before they can make you pay for it type character. And the funnest thing about her is that she has this ultimate where if you hit them with your abilities and and then activate it. It will put any any enemies that have been hit with your abilities recently to sleep, and then you can... And then the next time you attack them, you do bonus damage. My favorite is that she's got a dunk... This attack where she scampers up to them and then just wallops them with an overhead hit. So you put them to sleep, you scamper up, and you just dunk them, and then run away. I love her, and uh, she's become like... I've been using her in the top lane of the game to uh, just like completely overwhelm and overpower a lot of tanky characters. Um, I still think the game is very toxic (laughs) and and not at all friendly to newcomers. People, even when I'm winning in the game, people get so bent out of shape at the earliest sign of, of difficulty and I think that's always been an issue with League of Legends, but recently finding this sort of play style has made it a little bit funner for me because at the very least, I'm doing my job when it comes to the game. Yeah, you're
0: putting your enemies to sleep with your dream bow.
1: hmm So that is what I've been playing. I've also been playing. Uh, I've also been playing a lot of rabbits. <laughs> uh, they they just announced the DLC for the game. Like, they have a whole roadmap of DLC planned for 2023. So I'm making sure that I have my campaign ready to go for when that DLC drops.
0: And, you know, they also added new DLC characters for Dead Cells, too, from yeah. other games, uh, like, um, uh, like Slay the Spire, actually. One of the, They have the uh, Ironclad in it. Um, they have. Who else did I have in that game? I know. You see, my brain is starting to freeze. But Oh, yeah. They have Hollow Knight in it with the new DLC. You can play as a Hollow Knight character. You know, so they have that new DLC for uh, Dead Cells. I'm going to get back into that because I was having fun when I was playing it. I just got distracted by other things.
1: hmm.
0: How about you, Scott? What have you been playing?
2: I've been. We're playing on getting Trials from Zero Platinum, I have just about four achievements left to finish up with that one.
0: Wait, this earlier this morning you said you had six. You already got two?
2: You said you had six yeah, to go. Now two, you have two. Now yeah, you got two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, now I have four, four left. I, just I know, I'm just saying you earlier, do, you got two of them, yeah. Okay. Is yeah. The, uh, yeah, they were easy ones to get. It just, you know, takes time sometimes to get some of them. Home.
0: Right. So the uh, characters that are that are new DLC for Dead Cells is from Hotline, Minette, Hotline Miami, Terraria, Shovel Knight, Slay the Katana Zero, and Risk of Rain. So, and it's still on Game Pass, too. Anyways, uh, we're going to go on to the quick news. Um some some interesting stuff. Uh, Ge- the Gears of War live action movie and animated series is works at Netflix, with the potential to, for more to come. And to be quite honest, you know, after what I saw happen to Halo, I am not enthusiastic about Gears of War as a as a movie and an animated series. I mean, it could be good, but I don't know. Especially if in a live action f- movie, you can't have uh, Dimaggio, uh, uh, John Dimaggio playing uh, Marcus Phoenix. So what's the point? Hello.
1: I'm sorry, I had myself muted for a second. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, uh, I saw a tweet from Cliff Blazinski today that's saying that he doesn't care too much as long as they keep Pre- Chris Pratt the fuck away from the franchise.
0: <laughs> yeah, Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm staying away from that trash fire right now. Oh yeah. Uh, and, there's so many people who have been canceling, who uh, have been closing their accounts.
1: Yeah, or getting suspended, going out in a blaze of glory.
0: Like Daniel Radcliffe?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh,
0: say what you want about Jack, but he never uh, asked you to vote Republican or Democrat or anything like that. He never talked politics.
1: Yeah. Uh, What a mess.
0: What a mess. Mass Effect 5 development proceeding very well as Bioware issues fresh teas. Uh, Today, Bioware showed an eye-catching fresh piece of concept art for the game. Wish depicts the creation of a new mass relay. Uh, for those who don't know, today is November seventh, which is seven seven, which is uh, you know Mass Effect Day. Um, and the thing about creating a building a mass relay is that those are not—they weren't even built by the current cycle. They weren't even built by the Protheans. Everybody thinks they were built by the Protheans, but they weren't. They were built by the, you know, by the uh, Leviathans or maybe the Reapers. So the fact that they're able to build their own now says a lot. Um, It does look a little different than the normal Mass Relay. The problem is, after Mass Effect Andromeda, I am sort of, like, wary of Mass Effect 5, which is odd because that would mean that Andromeda is Mass Effect 4.
1: Huh. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know what to expect out of Mass Effect 5. I don't want Andromeda, of course, but, like...
0: I will say this about Andromeda, the open worlds are really, really good. I mean, it had that, if you can see it on the horizon, you can eventually get to it sort of thing, right? The problem is that you can tell what they built it for, and then they stopped. It was sort of like Dragon Age Inquisition. They were going to do an open world, uh, multiplayer open world sort of thing, and they decided, you know what, we're not going to go multiplayer, we're just going to make it single player, but that just left it imbalanced. Mm -hmm. And so, shockingly... Compared to Mass Effect 3, the multiplayer in Mass Effect Andromeda sucked. It was really bad.
1: Yeah. It was, uh... Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting to see where they go with this one gameplay-wise, because I imagine they don't want another Andromeda situation, but I don't think that they go back to just doing Mass Effect 2 or Mass Effect 3 style one-to-one again.
0: Uh... And we also also know that uh, Liara's in it, and she's much older than she was, so it's like several hundred years later, I would assume, because the Asari have, you know, over a thousand year lifespans. Right. So it's going to take way way in the future of the series. Uh, and our last quick news: Nintendo Indie World presentation set for this week, and it's coming on Wednesday. I'm pretty sure by the time you listen to this, you'll, it'll ha- already have run. Uh, this is not the big games. This is all the indie games. And it used to be every indie any every indie developer was going to the switch because you know what it wasn't cluttered and it was you know was curated and all that no nope, it's it's on steam level of clutter now you really can't find stuff anymore in the N- nintendo e-shop so hopefully this will help people you know zero in on games and i hope they're not ports of or- games that are already on steam some original games please
1: yeah for sure like it's it's going to be interesting to see what they show this week. Cause like we're coming up on the end of the year. A lot of the big games have finally either are, are, have launched or are on the cusp of launching. All that's really left is I would say Callisto protocol. God, God of War is about to kick off and we'll be out by the time this podcast launches. And, uh, and then after that, it's Pokemon Scarlet Violet and. Midnight Suns. I think that's it. I think that's it as far as big games this year. Yeah.
0: Well, no. I mean, well, it's not a big game, but I'm really looking forward to Pendament, which is coming out next week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as what we see out of this indie world presentation, there's a couple games that I've been seeing pop up over in my usual indie travels lately, and I kind of hope that they make it over to uh to Nintendo Switch signalis is one that i've been seeing a lot of this is a horror game that's uh it's a it's a it's
0: on game pass it's on game pass are you yeah yeah yeah, it's on game pass uh uh, signalis i have it installed i haven't played it yet
1: um i've been hearing a lot from my friends that it starts out with kind of resident evil vibes but it slips into like silent hill territory and does it quite well
0: yeah and it's also kind of a metroidvania a little bit of that too Uh huh. at least in terms of uh, level design
1: uh, there's another one called paper cut mansion that I've been having a blast with.
0: Yeah. Uh, I saw that one too.
1: It's uh, it's from space lizard studio and it's, it's a, it's a roguelike where you enter a house. It's, it's kind of very alone in the dark feel where you enter mm-hmm. a mansion to try to solve like a mystery as a private investigator. But like you, as you, As you go through the mansion, you can enter different realms, and each realm serves a purpose. purpose. There's, like, the the regular realm, which is investigative. There's another realm, which is for combat. Like, there's enemies that will come at you. And then there's another realm where it's, like, a different kind of investigation, but it's all cold. And the longer you stay in that realm, the more it kills you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have the review copy. I haven't played it yet, though. Uh, another game that just came out was Ghost Song, which is basically <laughs> it's uh, it's it's basically uh, a Metroid in all but name. Except it's uh, it's
1: a horror Metroid. Yeah, there are some neat games out there right now. It's going to be interesting to see what Nintendo's bringing over.
0: Yeah, and also Ghost Song is also on Game Pass. So. A lot of stuff that's coming out. I mean, just Football Manager 2023 just came out on Game Pass. <laughs> Oh, uh, as for me playing, I started uh, Persona 5. I haven't continued it because I've gotten distracted. And I know that freaking thing is 120 hours. So, you know, <laughs> it's it's good. It's if I'm playing it, it has to be a commitment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Persona 5 will take quite a long time to finish.
0: Yeah. Um, I also download, but haven't played yet the Phantom Abyss uh, game preview as well.
1: Have you heard of that game? Phantom Abyss is that the uh it's a third person um sh-
0: uh, it's a third person uh platformer I want to say it also has some shooting elements it's also first person t- it's just a mishmash of a lot of stuff
1: <laughs> Oh yes this was like the te- the legends of the lost temple type thing where you uh try to get through roguelike temples and get to the goal and yeah. you get to see everybody else that's failing along the way Yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, you have these like, glowing little images of people, you know. And also, what's nice is that they actually show – they have little dots that show you how they jumped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little trails of how they did it. It's still in early access, though. So I'm not not—I'm not compelled to play it right now. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff that's coming out. Um, A lot of my friends have been playing Chivalry 2, and I, I, I've played that kind of game. I really can't get into it, but everybody's saying it's much better than Mountain Blade, so. Hmm. Anyways, um, we're going to move on to the actual game news. Uh, Phil Spencer excited at the idea of more StarCraft, and this comes to us from PC Gamer. Phil Spencer hasn't been shy about the possibility of resurrecting Actors in Blizzard's old library of games if the acquisition goes through. One of those may be the beloved RTS StarCraft, which something which Spencer seems to be pretty excited about. The Xbox boss sat down with Wired to talk about the Age of Empires' 25th anniversary and the series' foray into console, which he also meant controller support and cross-play integration for us PC players. Uh, when asked about bringing uh, Activision Blizzard's own RTS series, uh, Spencer expressed interest in doing so. He also acknowledged how much the game meant to people and what it did for the genre, calling it a seminal moment in gaming. Uh, Spencer later clarified that he couldn't put dif- definitives on anything yet, but he said he's excited to sit down with the teams in Activision and Blizzard and King to talk about the back catalog and opportunities we might have. Uh, Phil... I'd rather just see uh, Warcraft 4. Thank you very much.
1: Hmm. Um This is exciting only because, like, I would love to see Activision Blizzard actually put real time and effort into the StarCraft or Warcraft series again. And not just oh, God. <laughs> yes, let's go back to that dismal re- remaster of Warcraft, Warcraft 3. Which is why I left the qualifier, put real time and effort. <laughs> because those were trash fires that were shoved out the door, <laughs> yeah, um yeah, I hate I hate that well Warcraft three remake that one that thing is trash,
0: and what I is love. it with with all these publishers making it like with Grand Theft Auto in which you can't play the original game anymore? yeah, you like it well, guess what we're 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 deleting it. you can never have it again. Here's the new thing that's really crappy, but you know it's it's the same game. we put money into it, and we want you to play this instead.
1: Yeah, um, but if he, like, Phil Spencer, the, one of the things that makes him work well for Microsoft's gaming division is that he is a big gaming nerd at heart, and, like, he wants good things, and he wants to grow the platform with meaningful content, and even if even if uh, Xbox hasn't had its, like, it hasn't had, like, a ton of exclusives, it still has Game Pass going for it, and it's still... Has gathered up these studios and is pum- pumping money into them, mm-hmm. and hopefully, in the long run, I hope that does mean that. I hope that enthusiasm does mean that we get something like a new proper Starcraft or a new proper Warcraft.
0: You know, um, a few days ago, uh, I was thinking about putting in this news. Uh, there was a tease for a uh, Xbox Series X S console exclusive by in-, in Exile. It's gonna be interesting to see what Brian Fargo comes up with. For those who don't know, In Exile is responsible for Wasteland 3 yes yes and the, the thing is that you know um, Phil Spencer went to uh, Tim Schaefer and he went to uh, Brian Fargo and he told guys like that hey what do you want to make we'll play it. put it on the uh, on the system because we need variety <laughs> we need we need content for game pass you know uh, and we found out that game pass made 2 point over two billion dollars from Microsoft but they still need to grow it but my thing is you can just add a dollar to the monthly fee and they'll it'll be another half a billion dollars right there
1: yeah I mean Game Pass is still one of the best deals in the game it's, <clears throat> it very easily is and they keep adding cool stuff to it so it's going to keep growing um, did you ever complete Wasteland 3? I have been going off and on back to that game since it came out and I'm like I would say two thirds of the game or two thirds of the way through the main campaign
0: Yeah, I actually have this urge to get back to Gears Tactics again
1: Gears Tactics is I like that game, but I think it's dumb that they went back to focusing on, on the Diaz family. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Who cares when you get to when you get to slice things in half with your chainsaw gun?
1: That's true. Strategically at that, just like
0: Yeah, you know, because that. it gives you gives you an extra action for doing
1: it. Uh-huh. But more StarCraft, more Warcraft, yes, please. As long as it's not another reforged, yes. <laughs> until you have an actual team that. Can't I, I just want Warcraft Four, damn it.
0: You know, the one thing I'm wondering is what is Microsoft going to do with World of Warcraft? I mean, they're not going to they're not going to futz with it, but I wonder what synergy they're going to get with World of Warcraft.
1: Hmm. If they made it part of uh, Game Pass, that would be a that would be quite a play.
0: It won't be a part of Game Pass. You know what? What will happen though? You get tons of perks. Like what they did hey, – that's right. With Game Pass, uh, they gave uh, – League of Legends, they gave everybody every character if you were with Game Pass. you know. And they did the same thing with the other grind-a-thon games. You know? Like if you had Game Pass and you had League of Legends, well, guess what? You have every single character in your head. No questions asked. They're yours. Boom. Nice. Um, but I think – I would love to see what kind of perks they they have for World of Warcraft. And also, you know, maybe World of Warcraft for console – or Xbox Series X S.
1: Yeah, that'd be neat.
0: I mean, they work with keyboards.
1: <laughs> and also, it would be a good counter to PlayStation and PCs. Final Fantasy 14.
0: Uh, I never really enjoyed that. Uh, I know there's, there's a, a lot, lot of people who re- I know there's a lot of people who are really into Final Fantasy 14. I never got into it. It's just not my deal. Actually, I've, I've been out of MMOs for a long while now, in general. Yeah. Even free-to-play MMOs, I'm just not playing them. I mean, if I was to go back to an MMO, I might go back to Lotro, you know, Lord of the Rings Online. But I haven't I haven't had a – or Star Wars The Old Republic. But I just haven't had the massive urge to do it. Anyways, we're going to move on to the next item. Take it away, TJ. All
1: right. Sony's PSVR 2 gets a high price and a close release date from Forbes. PSVR 2 will arrive on February 22, 2023, according to a new announcement from Sony, and it will cost $550, $50 more than the highest-priced model of the PS5, at least in the U.S. <clears throat> the original PSVR launched it at 400 back, in, $400 back in 2016, and even, the, and even accounting for, the, for somewhat severe inflation that doesn't make up the full gap of the price increase. Though PSVR did not come with controllers at the time. The PSVR 2 bundle includes the headset, its sense controllers, and stereo headphones. And yes, PSVR 2 plugs into your PS5 with a cord. That means more power, but also not a cable-free experience like the Meta.
0: You know what, actually, I do the PC Link with the Meta as well, uh, with the the Quest 2. So yes, there is a cable-free experience with the Meta Quest 2, but... I, if I if I want to play a PC game, I'm not going to do an AirLink. I'm just going to hook it up with my uh, USB 3.0 cable.
1: Yeah, and to be fair to the PSVR 2, that one cable is so much better than the giant like external hard drive and multiple cables and camera <laughs> you had to, you had to have to set up the P, the original ps VR. I would 100% go all in on PSVR as 2 single cable over that bullshit older setup. Um, PSVR 2 at $550 is miles cheaper than the MetaQuest Pro that Mark Zuckerberg just announced at $1,500.
0: You know, here's the thing about the MetaQuest Pro, it's not for fucking gamers anyway. I don't know what he's thinking with that.
1: No, it's absolutely only for developers.
0: And it's only for, uh, it's only for the Metaverse. And the Metaverse might as well be dead. They they announced, we're going to have legs. Mm Mm-hmm. You're you gonna see your legs avatar, your the avatar and your legs on your avatar. Woo! <laughs> the me's look better than those
1: guys. Yeah, they are getting closer and closer to inventing Second Life.
0: <laughs> and um, you know what happens? That that's rain of penises all over the place
1: again. <laughs> But yeah, the the Quest Three is likely to be out next year, and the Quest Two currently costs four hundred dollars.
0: You know, here's the so thing: I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I am actually looking forward to the Quest Three provisionally, though. Yeah, I need to, know,
1: I need to know a lot
0: more before I'm
1: curious, though. I mean, if all
0: all they change is that you have a higher resolution and it's lighter, then I'm sold.
1: Better, better headset, or I'm sorry, better head strap too. That's what I would like right out of the box. Um. But Sony to also took today to announce 11 new titles coming to PSVR 2 at some point, including the Dark Picture Switchback, which is going to be another on-rails shooter, kind of like the Until Dawn PSVR game.
0: Yeah, but is it going to have that idiot host
1: again? Probably.
0: <laughs> that host, uh, I just want to slap him in the face several times.
1: I like him. He's charming.
0: He's not charming. He's, he's obnoxious. <laughs> he's charming in
1: a monster kind of way.
0: He's charming in a you-want-to-punch-him-in-the-face kind of way. You know, the secret is the you'll never guess the secret. Yeah, dude, I guess the secret one hour into the game. Thank you very much.
1: We're going to have Crossfire Sierra Squad, The Light Brigade, Cities VR Enhanced Edition. Which that I one is going to be
0: recommend. that. Yeah, that one is that one is the,
1: is the one that Cosmonious High, which I also highly recommend for any for any uh, kids that want to get into VR. That game is very fun. Hello, Neighbors, Search and Rescue, Jurassic World Aftermath Collection, Pistol Whip. Zenith The Last City, which is an MMO and I've heard good things about it. After the Fall and Tentacular. That's a pretty good starting lineup, but it doesn't have like that. My only my main issue with the PSVR 2's big price is that it doesn't have that killer app. And I don't know what it would be.
0: Well, here's I... the thing. For certain people, Cities VR is the killer app. I mean, but yeah. that's for that's that's a niche audience, but the people who enjoy Cities Love, 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 love VR. Uh, Cities
1: VR. Yeah, and I would absolutely recommend it. I think it'll be really fun to play. But, uh, VR.
0: Yeah, but it's also a city sim game, and that's that's a niche audience there.
1: Um, and like Horizon Call of the Mountain, that's neat, but I don't, I still don't think it has. I don't think it draws enough attention. Now, if Valve was like. You know what, we're gonna go ahead and go <laughs> to the PSVR two. That would be a major announcement. Yeah,
0: they might do that. I mean so, Sony and, and Sony and Steam have a cozy relationship, why not?
1: Yeah. We'll see what happens. I uh I I'm still not like down on the PSVR R two. I I know that's a hefty price tag, but I don't know. Like there are things that suck about it. I admit that. Scott, you were going to say something?
0: I thought I heard Scott chiming in, but I guess not. Oh. Continue.
1: But I really hope that like I really hope that they get a, a good catalog of games put together for this. Uh I would like to see Moss 2 come to PSVR 2. I would like to see uh Half-Life: Alyx come to PSVR 2.
0: Here's the thing. Uh, what if they <sighs> What if it could? The onus can be on the developer because a lot of games that I play with the um with the Oculus Quest, they're not on the Oculus Quest. They're just game, uh, Steam VR games or games that actually have a VR mode, like um like Elite Dangerous, you know, or uh, Star Wars Squadron. You know, they they're not VR games, but they have a VR mode included. Ooh, I'm gonna play some Star Wars Squadron again soon. That was the mm-hmm. shit with with VR. That was really good with VR. That's the that's the game that first made me think VR could be something.
1: Mhm. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I I'm curious to see what uh I'm curious to see what Sony puts together for like the long run because like I really do hope that they find some footing that pulls. I don't want to have a Facebook account to play VR games. <laughs> Pisses me off that that's like a hey, speculation on that.
0: Facebook is now golden in comparison with Twitter right now. Yeah. At least I, at least Twitter is enforcing all these right wing politicians and, and characters on my feed. I don't know. I'm not following them, and the people who are, who it says these people are following, them, I'm not following them either. They're being pushed on me. I have no idea why they're doing that. Facebook is golden right now in comparison.
2: Crazy. Go ahead, Scott. Trash fires. Twitter seems to be imploding on itself.
0: It is. <laughs> and it's wonderful to see. I want to grab the popcorn and watch. I'm not deleting my account yet, though.
1: I still think that it's annoying to, have, to tether VR to a social media account.
0: Nah, I don't care. I really so,
1: don't. So, I do. I hate it. And that's why I have high hopes for PSVR 2. But
0: I'm old. I'm old, so I I still use Facebook. All my friends are there. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I use mostly Messenger more than Facebook, really. Fair enough. Anyways, uh, why don't you take the next item, TJ? This is right up your alley.
1: Oh, AMD. AMD announces $999 RX 7900 XTX and $899 RX 7900 XT. AMD has finally unveiled its next-generation GPU architecture. RDNA 3, and the first two cards that will to be built using the uh, architecture, the Radeon RX 7900 XTX and the Radeon RX 7900 XT.
0: You know, you might as well just call them the XTX or the XT. Those are the two cards we're going to be talking about, really, for the most part.
1: Both cards will be available to purchase on December 13th, 2022. The XTX is promising to deliver us up to 61 teraflops of compute performance, Nearly three times as many as much as the 23 t- teraflops from the RX 6950 XT. The RX 7900 XTX will employ the power of 96 RDNA 3 compute units, CUs, uh, tantalizingly close to a triple-digit cap. It will operate at a clock speed of up to 2.3 gigahertz when it comes to a generous helping of VRAM, with uh, 24 gigabytes of GD- GDDR6 total. As the top card announced by AMD, this comes with a 335-watt total board power. That's the same TBP as the RX 6960 XT, yet the XTX is promising to be up to 67% faster than the card it replaces at the top of the stack.
0: Yeah, $1,000 for a card, but, um, you know, it's not
1: too bad. I mean, y'all kids want to play at 8K? (laughs) <laughs> we don't even have monitors that support 4k yet <laughs> i have I have my hey
0: my cell phone records in 8k and i uploaded 8k videos to youtube so
1: <laughs> i'm just saying that a lot it i 4k mon, 4k panels and monitors have gotten less pricey but i don't think they're i don't think we're near making 8k practical yet
0: you know, this is but this is the way to future-proof your computer. Definitely, this is good. if you want to future-proof your computer, this is the card to use.
1: I guess so. That's a lot of future-proofing.
0: That's a lot of power there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
2: I mean, it is I'm, pretty expensive to have the graphics card be the price of a computer. Is this a, these are graphics cards,
0: right? They're not. Yeah, graphics processing units. Yeah, they're GPUs. But you know what? If I buy a new PC, you know, and I, Thank you God. know, some people build them themselves. I just go to iBuyPower or CyberPower and build, a, have them build it for me, you know. I will seriously consider this card if I'm going to, you know, because I have damn good credit. And I don't mind spending $150 a month for the next two years for a computer with everything with the trimmings, you know.
1: <laughs> it's so much power, though. Like, it'll be at least another... Three to five years before we get a uh, before we get to where like things will actually utilize that that power effectively.
0: Well, there is one thing that we have to consider. Well, that I consider that not not a lot of gamers do, and that is video production. And this is the sort of thing you need for video production. Especially if you're going to uh, rip, you know, if you're going to live, not live stream, but, you know, record a video game output and stuff like that. It's really hard. It's annoying as hell to have that tearing, you know, when things spin fast or stuff like that. This will prevent that, you know, because if I'm going to do a 2K video, you know, 440p, 1440p, you know, this is going to make sure that it looks buttery smooth.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, it is future-proofing. It's future-proofing to, like, an almost decade-long degree. Yeah.
0: By the way, speaking of which, I forgot to mention the game that I was playing. I was actually playing, and that is Scorn. Because <laughs> uh, I was recording this for my cable access show, and it was tearing, even though it was only at 40, 1440p. And my, my computer should be enabling it, but um, Scorn takes up a lot of graphic space on it. And it is just really creepy. Have you have you played Scorn or seen gameplay
1: of Scorn? Uh, I have seen the gameplay. It is definitely a goopy game.
0: It's <laughs> H.R. Giger's wet dream, really. Although I think everything he did was his wet dream. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's really it, – It a lot of people were not expecting it to be a H.R. Uh, Giger version of Mist <laughs> more than it was – the original trailers made it look like it was going to be a shooter, albeit a slow-paced one. No, it's not a shooter at all. I mean, there's a part in which you get a gun and you shoot at things, but no, this even has slide puzzle, you know, uh, traffic uh, puzzles in it. So it's a good game, and uh, grat- gratefully, people are not feeling betrayed by its gameplay. Like we thought this was going to be a shooter, man. This is so slow and boring. No, I mean, people are really getting into the atmosphere, and that's what this game drips and oozes is atmosphere. It is an extremely quiet game. It is an unnervingly quiet game. You may hear your footsteps, you may hear something. For the most part, it's a very quiet game in a realistically quiet game, not a there's dead air, you know, thing, but it's like it's like so quiet it makes you nervous because you think, what's gonna happen? It's too quiet. Anyways.
2: Hmm. I will Scott, take the next item. Okay. The next item. Hyped mystery. go. Uh, Hyped Mystery. Okay. Hyped Mystery Square Yeah. Hyped Mystery Square Enix game turns out to be NFT junk. This is from Kotaku. While several big gaming companies have flirted with the idea of non fungible tokens, none has embraced the crypto scam with as much blind confidence as Square Enix. Now the Final Fantasy Maker has finally revealed its first NFT stunt, Symbiogenesis. Crushing fan hopes that had previously leaked name was actually for a long-awaited resurrection of the cult-hit horror RPG Parasite Eve. NFT collectible art project Symbiogenesis untangle uh, of of the, the Story Spring 2023 Square Enix tweeted on Thursday, a short teaser revealed the logo art alongside some upbeat electronic jazz. Announced at the 1-3 Conclave event uh, at India's Game Developers Conference, Symbiogenesis will will be hosted on the Ethereum blockchain and eventually tell a story about characters whose art players can own as NFTs. While the beloved JAR, JRPG publishers' crypto ambitions are nothing new. The company announced a Cloud Strife NFT uh, <laughs> an expensive <laughs> collectible add-on earlier this year. That thing was expensive. like $300. <laughs> The Symbiogenesis reveal is hitting some fans especially hard because they thought the name hinted at the return of Parasite Eve, the RPG 3 tour, that really revolves around the symbiosis of a parasite and its host and despite a brilliant PS1 game, decent sequel to the series, I've been dormant since the third birthday on PSP. Now, I had uh, played the the original game Parasite Eve, and I always thought it was a really cool, you know, sci-fi, opera kind of game. And uh, it's a real shame that it's uh, NFT instead. And I remember hearing about that leak, and I didn't think there was enough to go on that it was uh, definitely going to be a game, but this is really just the worst that that (laughs) could be expected. Yeah, Parasite Eve was basically Uh, Resident Evil. uh,
1: What did you say, uh, TJ? Disappointing beyond disappointing. (laughs) Parasite Eve is one of my favorite Squaresoft RPGs.
0: Yeah, it's very very much a Resident Evil type game.
1: It's so ridiculous, ridiculously weird and up its own ass with pseudoscience, but like
0: Just like works. Resident Evil.
1: <laughs> and, but it works. And like the the sheer Parasite Eve Parasite Eve 1 and Parasite Eve 2 are freaking awesome. And then there's the third birthday, which was a game released on PSP, PSP. which yeah. is a complete pile of shit. <laughs> uh, they turned they turned I uh the the main character and to like, she, she was like, she was a cop that was like making sense of the situation and and coming to terms with a sudden mutation of her own powers. And, uh, and then she became like a special force sensation that dealt with supernatural enemy enemies. And then, and third birthday, they fucked all that up by making her like an amnesiac that can't do anything for herself. Yeah, and it was just stupid. Like it would be like if they, it would be like if they made a, uh, if they made if they took Bayonetta and made her super straight and way less campy. <laughs>
0: Here's the thing for uh, to put this in perspective, uh, when Parasite e first came out, uh, Resident Evil Two had come out, and Final Fantasy VII had just come out. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, of all. Parasite Dude is definitely a, a slumbering IP. I mean, there's so much you could do with that. I mean, bring it. You know, it, it, not even make a remaster. Just make a new all new game with today's graphics. We I mean, were talking about Scorn. You could do something like a fast paced Scorn with that game.
1: I wouldn't even just mind having a re- like a like an HD remaster where they polish up the textures and just re. I
0: know, I know, but I'm just saying. You know what? And, I'm tired of remasters. Just that, do a new game. And instead the, of a remaster do a reboot.
1: Well, and that's the thing is that Square Enix has been on this like two paths thing where like they on one side of the table they they're like on three they're, they're like three different companies in one right now. On one side, they're doing like Final Fantasy 16 and maintaining Final Fantasy 14, and those are their cash cows.
0: No, Well, here's the thing. Um, no, 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 no. Stop. Stop. Hold up. Hold up. I know. I'm up. just gonna say the MMOs are a completely different division that have nothing to do with Square Enix. It's a different company. That's a it's a different publisher, really, just using uh, Square Enix's IP. But they yes. are by Square Enix. Final no,
1: Fantasy they're they're
0: they're they're, they're 14 are. They're by Square Enix, but they're not hosting. They're not have any. They don't have anything to do with the servers. Or maintaining the games and stuff like that—that's an entire different company. that has nothing to do with with uh, Square uh, Resident Square Enix. All they do is they pay the company to keep things, you know, going, and they just ignore it.
1: Yeah, but Naoki Yoshida and a bunch of the Final Fantasy team are still working on it. And
0: yeah, but the Final on... Fantasy team has nothing to do with Square Enix now.
1: <laughs> mm, I don't know about that. In any case, the you have that division. Final Fantasy 15, sixteen and fourteen, which are their cash cows. Then you have like the the retro side of, uh, of Square Enix where they're doing like Dragon Quest 2D HD remakes and front and and they're publishing Front Mission re- remasters and Resident
0: Evil like, Four and all that stuff. Oh wait, that's Capcom. Capcom.
1: And, they're, <laughs> and they're putting out things like uh, like oh there was.
0: They're th- doing some really lazy ports though.
1: No, i There's some really lazy. The, I'm talking I think about there's... the well done stuff. I'm talking about stuff like. I'm talking about stuff like the Dragon Quest 3 HD remake. I'm talking about Project Octopath and the and its sequel. I'm talking about like uh, what was the other Arch-Math one? Octopath Traveler Travel- 2, for one. The front mission remasters, they're publishing those.
2: Yeah.
1: And and so they have like a really robust retro division right now. And then you have this NFT thing, which is like a bastard out of nowhere child that nobody likes
0: which is which is which is worse than the konami obsession with pachinko machines or the or the square enix oh i don't know if the answer it's definitely worse as the nft thing at least the pachinko games you're having fun and you might get it you might get a reward too it's gambling so
1: <laughs> and we're now at the point where we see things like symbiogenesis which is like that's a that's a that's, that's that's a that's a parasite Eve name, name. yeah that's you can, you it's can, a can easily, division term
0: I mean you you could, that you type could, of term that would be a parasite yeah I was I was about to say you know parasite Eve 4, parasymbiosis
1: and then you tell me it's an NFT collectible art project just stab me in the heart well
0: you <laughs> could always have Cloud Strife NFT
1: <laughs>
0: uh, <I laughs> maybe they'll have a parasite Eve NFT maybe that's it
1: <laughs> I hope someday they go back to that franchise I really do
0: it is a it is a ip they own <laughs> it would be new in terms of it's not this and it's not that you know it's not final fantasy it's something else you know it's and if they want to make if they I, is it that they don't want to compete with resident evil
1: i don't think that's the case cuz they're very different games
0: i don't know i mean you see the dogs in it the dogs are right out of a uh, resident evil
1: Resident Evil is very is is very action and active oriented, whereas Parasite Eve was still a uh, turn based strategy or turn based RPG. I would say that I would say that the original Parasite Eve has more in common with XCOM than it does with Final Fantasy or no with uh, Resident Evil. I don't know. It's
0: it's just a waste of an IP. It's just like you have this thing and you do have. Here's the thing. You may have just a cult following right now for Parasite Eve, but just from being new and refreshing, if you make it good, you'll win all new fans. They'll say, oh, I heard of this Parasite Eve thing. Let me check it out. Yeah. I mean, Sony would make a Parasite Eve for in a heartbeat. Microsoft would make a Parasite Eve for in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah, and I think that, like, if they're not going to do the, if they're not going to do Parasite U of themselves, then they should do what uh, they're doing with Front Mission, the Front Mission remakes, and like give it out to a third party to and then publish it.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, so, Square Enix already said this is why they dumped all of their uh, Western IPs. You know, they dumped Taito, and because what they were going to do now is that if you wanted a game that was exclusive to your console, just pay them to do it. Mm-hmm. But apparently, no one wants to do that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, just, just kickstart it and
1: see how many people respond. It, will be, it would be – I would I would definitely throw into that Kickstarter if it happened.
0: We're going to move on to the next item. Suda51 and Swery file a new trademark for Hotel Barcelona Horror Game, and this comes to us from Shaq News. Goichi Suda51 Suda and uh, Hidetaka Swery Suihiro first uh, teased an intended creation of a horror game called Hotel Barcelona back in 2019 during an IGN Japan livestream. The two explained they'd originally started working on a PSVR title together that was canceled, and they wanted to do something. They wanted to continue collaborating with each other. And by God, uh, Suda Fifty One and Swery together, it's like you have wacky plus wacky equals bizarre. Main, uh, it's like it's like two black holes colliding. Uh, you know, you're gonna have these waves coming out of whatever they make, because they're just they're both of them are batshit crazy. One does Killer Instinct. The other one does a, ca- a game in which you're living with a woman who's dressed as a cat and who acts like a cat. For those of you who don't know, that's D4. And he's done the – and he's done those games that are based on Twin Peaks and True Adventure. Uh, damn, I forgot the name of so. of them. You know the, the game I'm talking about though. You know, the second game, he's, he's, he's traveling around on his, on his skateboard. And then he did that weird-ass Harvest Moon type of game. Yes. The, that, that, <laughs> you wonder – sweary how many drugs have you taken and where can i get some his games are batshit. F- i don't know what he's thinking you think hideo kojima is weird You said you played death stranding oh that's pretty weird no it's it's the model of sanity compared to what sweary does he can't even yeah. do a he can't even do a harvest moon game straight no he has to have talking cats and dogs and cows and Anyway, one of the inspirations yeah. cited for Hartel Barcelona at the time was the PS2 horror title Siren with the game's director, Kashiro Toyamiya, who also was rumored to be working on the project. The duo also indicated they would potentially want a Devolver Digital as the game's product. Yeah, this is totally Devolver Digital shit. I mean, they do Mother, Ruther- Mother Russia Bleeds. They do Hotline Miami. They do uh, Ape Ape Escape. You know, yeah, this is totally something that Devolver Digital would do. Uh, following the tease, things went quiet on the Hotel Barcelona front until January of 2020 when Suda51 tweeted a Hotel Barcelona 2021 message in response to Devolver Digital that had some speculation over who the game might see a release in 2021. As reported by outlets like VGC, Suda51's White Owl Studio registered trademark ap- applications for Hotel Barcelona as well as Death Game Hotel back in March of this year with international trademark applications for both tiles registered in October 27th. Both trademark filings reference computer game software and computer hardware, as well as virtual reality headsets, which suggests that Hotel Barcelona could possibly see a VR release. And there's a game for the PSVR 2 right there if you want it. <laughs> now, TJ, tell me your impression of Suda51 and Swery.
1: They are both two of the funnest people that I've ever interviewed in my gaming journalism career. And... Uh I uh, I like the idea of them working together because their games are always so weird and out of the ordinary.
0: They did one – here's the thing. They did one game together, and it was not strange at all. It was like very, very normal. Which one was that? Um, I'm trying to remember now. It was – Oh God! It was um, it was a game, and I have to look at their uh, I have to look at Suda Fifty One's uh, uh gameography because um, it was not strange at all.
1: Trying to see if I can track it down really quick because I have I have seen them marked together before, but like I didn't remember what it was what it was on. And oh, case,
0: Shadows of the Damned. That was just basically a normal game.
1: Shadows of the Damned was okay. Killer Seven is pre is maybe one of my favorites of uh. I think that's Swery. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. No, it was uh, it was Suda Fifty One and Shinji Mikami who did that game, not with Sweary. And Shinji Mikami is another goofy kind of guy, but um, it was Shadows of Dan was a very low key game in comparison to uh, Suda Fifty One's other games.
1: I like Killer. Se- I I like Killer Seven a lot. I like and uh, I don't like playing Deadly Premonition, but I like watching it be played.
0: Yeah, Deadly Permonition is the weird one. By first, the first one was inspired by Twin Peaks. The second was was um <laughs> the first one was inspired by True Detective Uh, by uh first the first one was inspired Deadly Premonitions was inspired by Twin Peaks. The second one was inspired by True Detective. And someone, Joe, you can tell what, what uh, sweary has been watching that day because he makes a game out of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Deadly Premonition is just weird beyond weird for more than even just the Twin Peaks thing. There's <laughs> There's just all sorts of odd choices in that game, such as squirrels making monkey noises as they get out of the way of a car speeding down the road there's like this scene where the main character is talking to the, to a hotel concierge, but they're sitting at the end at each end of a really long table while there's just really fucking loud me background music playing over their dialogue.
0: Yeah. You want weird. What about JJ J. Macfield and the Island of memories? Mm-hmm. The one that is a hazard, just her limbs come off.
1: And then there's uh and then there's Suda 51 with the, with the uh, no more heroes series.
0: <sighs> no more heroes. By is just a wanker by himself, envisioning himself as a cool nerd action hero. But somehow it works for a lot of people. I know it works. I'm just saying it's 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 it, in comparison to these other games you're mentioning, it's normal. Uh huh. <laughs> but have you so played I'm, Have you played Dark Dreams Don't Die? I have not. There's a a fucking cat lady in his apartment who acts like a cat during the entire game, and there's no explanation for it. That's funny. It was one of the games that actually made use of the Kinect. You didn't need to, but it worked with the Kinect. It was just, and there was just the one. You can tell a game failed because it was a it was a um, it was an episodic game that only had one episode, or actually two episodes, but they were together.
1: Yeah. Well, I really want to see how this uh, Hotel Barcelona game ends up because, like, if they if they don't have any. Because in the past, for a lot of things, when they've done, like, high-profile projects, they've had a publisher holding the reins. So if they're the publisher, they're holding the reins. Uh-huh. I want to see what Suda and, and uh, Swery Unleashed looks like. Here's
0: the thing. You know what? I'm expecting this to be Suda51 and Swery's version of Silent Hill.
1: That would be very interesting.
0: Or Because it's going to be they, – they saw PT, and they said, you know what? We can do it better.
1: <laughs> we can do it weirder. <laughs> even if it's just like a even if it's just like a weirder more unhinged killer seven i'm down for it i
0: i don't think it'll be any i think it'll be an original ip though i mean if you're saying gameplay like i guess
1: yeah that's what i think okay i
0: don't know it's <laughs> All i can now think of is them uh perverting the eagles hotel california to the hotel barcelona
1: welcome yeah. to the hotel barcelona
0: Anyways, we're gonna move on to the next item. Go ahead, TJ.
1: All right. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet linking with Pokemon Go confirmed for 2023 from Shack News. The Pokemon Company and Nintendo have just confirmed that Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet is getting count, uh, account linking for with Pokemon Go, and it'll be coming in 2023. The Pokémon Company announced this information via the, lo- the official Pokémon Twitter on November 7, 2022. According to the announcement, players can, can look forward to linking their Pokémon in Scarlet and Violet games with their Pokémon Go accounts if they have one. The launch of the service has no date at the moment. We only know it will be coming in 2023. However, if it's like previous Pokémon and, Game and Go linking, that means we'll likely be able to share some Pokémon between our rosters in the two apps. There will likely also be promotions uh, with exclusive Pokemon that will only be available if Scarlet and Violet are linked with Go. If you have if you have an account in Go, then be sure to stay tuned uh, on to how to link it to Scarlet and Violet when the feature becomes available in 2023. They also just announced today a uh, a that they're already plotting out a promotion in which this like they revealed a Pokemon. It's called like Gimme Ghoul, <laughs> and it's like a. It's a ghost Pokemon inside of a treasure chest like a Mimic. And uh, it looks like there's going to be a variant in Pokemon Go that you can only bring to Pokemon Scarlet and Violet if you link your account.
0: I ha- I haven't played Go in a very long time. Um, and I'm, I was uh, like a couple of months ago, I was surprised that it's Pokemon Go still going.
1: Pokemon in Scarlet and Violet is probably the most excited I've been for a Pokemon game in years. I'm Just because they're I'm doing not-
0: i don't care they're they're that's how they get you oh this time it's gonna be different no it's not
1: no like they're actually doing things that are different that appeal to me the idea of taking that adventure and co-op sounds fun the idea of being able to like share with my buddies in real time sounds fun and like some of the stuff they're doing is like they're finally pulling ideas from other people from other rpgs where they've worked like Pokémon Picnics is basically Final Fantasy XV cooking, and I'm I'm interested in that. I like that. You're gonna be able to like cook meals for your Pokémon that give the or, well for you and your Pokémon that do things like give you special type advantages in battle, or allow you to get more experience, or even like discover more rare things, like commodities and st- or materials and stuff. I like that stuff. I really like the they've been, like, taking this generation of Pokemon and trying a whole bunch of different new things with it. And, uh, and hey, if people are still playing Go and it gives them a reason to do more promotions with that, that's dope, too. Because I think that that's really cool how they've always kind of cross-promoted on those things.
0: Yeah. You know that Cooking Mama Cuisine came out for Apple Arcade only? That's weird. No, I didn't. I mean, it's Cookie Mama's declining in quality, but it's like, why Why did this game only come out on the Apple Arcade and not on the Nintendo title? It's just weird.
1: Like, you know what's a, kind of always been annoying about Pokemon? Just like...
0: Pokemon, the Pokemon ideas. Company? Yeah, I agree. Nintendo, no, yeah. Okay. Nintendo and the Pokemon Company are the most, most annoying things about Pokemon.
1: Oh, I was gonna say grinding by yourself for long periods of time and trying to build your team up to of a reasonable level.
0: Oh no no no! The worst part is is, is are the stupid random encounters. It's like I, okay, I got I got a Zubat already. Stop it! I don't need any more Zubats. That's I the other keep, thing. Get, they're
1: they're Stop attacking me! <laughs> That's the other thing. They're moving into this era where you now see the Pokemon on the world map and like you only battle them if you run into them.
0: Yeah, but sometimes they're blocking your way. So
1: right, but it's still better than having like a billion, like 99% random encounter right, in the in those old caves
0: every 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 step you take it's like oh please no zubat
1: yeah i like I, I love like how they've listened to feedback and actually implemented it in the in the recent games and the idea of being able to do that grind where the, the pain point of grinding up my pokemon team with other people sounds more appealing I like I I really like even if it was just co-op was the new thing here, I would be in because the idea of, the idea of taking that adventure with other players is really fun to me.
0: I the the words fun and Pokemon no longer have an association with me anymore. I I've been I've been fooled too too much. Those games are just built for generations. The new level uh, new kids come play Pokemon and they know that in f- a few years there'll be more new kids who've never played Pokemon before to play Pokemon. I just hate having to play the same game. And I'm sorry, <laughs> having co-op? Who cares? And maybe also, you, you care. Even,
1: you don't have to take the same path anymore. You can take on the gems in whatever order you want. I have divorced myself from Pokemon forever. No I'm more, just saying, they're, no they're more Pokemon. a lot of cool and interesting decisions with I'm, this one. I'm, I'm glad
0: you approve. I might play Pokemon Go, but I'm not going to play any more Pokemon RPGs. It's just not going to happen. Fair enough. <laughs> He knows. I, I'm not the only person who feels this way. <laughs> uh, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net along with the industry news and our gaming history articles. If we enjoy your feedback. So leave us comments at our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, set us up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us on iTunes comments. You can find me on Twitter. Well, you can for now find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. just don't, 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 don't think I'm going to see anything you, you post to me that much anymore.
1: <laughs> I am also there still at Johnny Chug's.
2: You can find me at charge with more.
0: And uh, you know, it's, it's easier to find me on Facebook because at least Facebook gives, uh, uh, at least Facebook provides a function for me. <laughs> Twitter does not provide a function for me anymore. <laughs> it doesn't. I don't need to know these things anymore. I don't need, I don't need, uh, I just can't wait until, that's just a trash fire. I hope Jack got out in time. Jack, Jack should have gotten a a golden parachute.
1: Now he's back in there arguing with Elon Musk about how he, uh, how he should run Twitter. (laughs) Good.
0: I want to see that fist fight. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I would like to, I would like to see them throw down. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, and Mark Zuckerberg is off screen watching. (laughs) Oh God. Uh, And uh, Jeff Bezos can go right with him. Hey, at least uh, uh, Dan Schneider looks like he's on his way out. So at least there's one douchebag who's leaving. Yeah. Go away. Go away. Just it it says something when Jeff Bezos is the better candidate than you. That that says something a lot. Hey, and you know, actually, I'd rather have Jeff Bezos than Elon Musk because at least Jeff Bezos provides a service. I'm not sure what he, but what. Uh, elon musk provides except pumping and dumping uh, bitcoin which would be highly illegal if it was a stock but there's but you know bitcoin is not regulated so hey bro douche you got fucked by elon musk hope you enjoyed it Mm -hmm. (sighs) this is a very unusual i mean the the, the, the voting for i already voted but you know voting is tomorrow it's like
1: yep sam and i are going to do our civic duty to save america (laughs)
0: I did my civic yeah, duty. I did it early. Bail. I didn't do. I, I just went to early voting. Uh, for early voting. Uh, uh, booths. You know, there was the weirdest, uh, proposal on the New York ballot, number two, which I couldn't say no hard enough for, and that is candidates must show as some weird shit, show their uh, uh what they intend and what their feelings are, stuff like that. I'm saying what? A, they're gonna lie, and B, that is not—that's—that's that's so unconstitutional. It's not even funny. Who—who who thought up of this this proposal? It's—it's it's gonna fail, and even if it passes, which I doubt it will, it's gonna be thrown. It's gonna
2: be tossed out in the Constitution because it's unconstitutional. It's just freaking weird.
3: To remake. No word yet on a release date, but it is notable that the game will be available exclusively on PS5 and PC for the first 12 months post-release. The Silent Hill 2 remake announcement was compounded by the news that Konami has once again teamed up with Christoph Gans, director of Silent Hill 2006, to make a new movie based on Silent Hill 2. The presentation also shared that Konami is working on two totally new Silent Hill experiences, Silent Hill Ascension, Seems like an interactive multiplayer visual novel-like game in which fans get to decide what happens and who lives and who dies with no reset button. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but it sounds like Konami managed to make Until Dawn a multiplayer game. Much less was said about the second game, Silent Hill Townfall, but it's being developed in collaboration with No Code Studio and Anapurna Interactive. To, clo- uh, to close out the presentation, we got a short glimpse at a completely new Silent Hill game that's not a remake or a movie or an interactive choose-your-own-adventure thing. Silent Hill F seemingly takes place in Japan and, therefore, far away from the titular Foggy Town.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say right now that, <laughs> by the way, um, No Code Studio it
2: also developed Stray. Oh, okay. No um, sure. People are very excited to uh, see a new uh, Silent Hill game being made after so it is, much ha- time.
0: Have either of you seen the tr- the teaser for Silent Hill F? Not yet. It's creepy. It is very Junji Ito esque.
2: That's good.
3: Well, or bad, yeah, depending I, I on. Have, your... I have a confession to make. Uh, I I am a long time PlayStation owner. I I have had the PlayStation One since nine nine 1995 uh-huh. I have never played a Silent Hill game. Wow. Not not once, not ever played. I think I had a demo disc that had Silent Hill 1 on it, like in 1996 or 1997, something like that. Cool. Um, but never never played the
2: game. Same, same here, Jordan. I haven't played it. I've heard of it, of course. I've uh, seen the movie, but I've never played the game because I'm not into horror games. But I, I have uh, seen what the game is and other people have enjoyed it.
0: Um. I hope that the movie ends, Silent Hill 2, the movie ends with him finding out the dog was behind the entire thing. (laughs) For those you who don't know, there was one alternate gag ending of Silent Hill 2. Well, there were a couple. Uh, One of them had him being kidnapped by a spaceship, but the other one revealed that a Japanese dog was the one behind the entire game. There and he was there in the uh, in the control room affecting everything, and then when the credits ran, you'd have the dog singing the theme song.
2: That's <laughs> weird.
0: <laughs> yes. I, I, I Google. Look- go to YouTube and 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 look up dog ending Silent Hill 2.
3: <laughs> I, I'm, su- I'm surprised they didn't find some way to work Norman Reed, Reedus into this, because that was the one of the things, you know, the big rumor that Norman Reedus was going to be in a Silent Hill thing and uh, kind of blew up the Internet a couple years ago. And they've greatly distanced themselves that, from that now.
0: Yeah, um, no, all he is is now taking pee, uh, pissing on things <laughs> in uh, in Death Stranding. <laughs> Death Stranding, yeah, yeah. So, Bloober Team, uh, they are huge, huge, huge silent, uh, silent Hill fans. So much so that the media may as well be called Silent Hill, because it is exactly like Silent Hill. You have the uh, this world and the other world, and you have all that. You have the third-person camera and that sort of stuff. So it's it's going to be sort of like a uh, like a fan-made game, basically. Yeah. 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 And I don't know if any of you know about the history of Silent Hill one and two and three, but um, Konami mm. lost all the original code for it. So when
3: oh, I didn't I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, so when Silent Hill one and two were first remastered, the developers had to do it from scratch and they did a really bad job and controversially used new voice actors. So oh, well. the silent, the new Silent Hill games are not trying to remake it, remaster they're trying to do the same thing that's Resident Evil did with it, you know, just completely do it from the ground up with with modern graphics and modern stuff like that. So it's going to be very interesting to see um, how this works, uh, how how it does it. Um, And you can bet your bottom dollar that the entire reason why Konami decided to do this was because the Resident Evil games have been getting – the remasters have been getting uh, a lot of praise and a lot of love from it. So Konami says,
3: well, you know, we own – it's I'm surprised to see that they're remaking Resident Evil 4 again. Haven't they do- already done that? Like
0: they did it so that it can uh, they did it with higher resolution and stuff like that. This is a complete redesign so that it's more like you know how Resident Evil 2 and 3 did not look like the original games. You know they 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 they, they they're not remaking it. They're remastering it and they're doing it as if you would do a modern game. So it. The, the stuff that I've seen from uh, uh, from from Resident Evil 4 Remastered looks very little like uh, the original Resident Evil 4. You there? Yeah, oh, I'm here. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah, um, it's going to be different. It's going to be a lot different. Uh, I've played Resident Evil 4. I didn't really like it that much. Oh, solely because I did not like the controls. So we're gonna see how they improve the controls for Resident
3: Evil 4. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, it, it it could be interesting. Uh, the last one I played was Village, and that was interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh. So also, uh, Annapurna Interactive. Uh, it means one. It means two things. One, it's gonna be heavy on story. It's gonna hire a lot of name actors, and it's gonna have almost no gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it, that's not necessarily bad, because I loved, loved, loved The Artful Escape. Um, I liked their other games, but not as much. I did not like 12 Minutes at all, which surprised me, because I was really interested in that game. But um, I didn't—I wasn't able to complete it, and not able to 100% it, of course, if I didn't complete it, but um, I'm glad I didn't, because it turns out that... Uh, the man and wife in the game are brother and sister. <laughs> so it's like, that's the big reveal. Yeah, it's incest. <laughs> it's sibling incest.
3: I, I did uh, enjoy the heck out of Stray, which they also had a hand in. I never played Outer Wilds. That was one of the ones. Oh, I, I played was that. Kind of on my radar, but I never played it.
0: It's here's the thing. It's it's one of those games in which it's more fun to watch a YouTube video than actually play because a lot of it is. A lot of timing, a lot of physics, a lot of you got to be there at this selective point. But the ending and the the ending is just transcendent, as is the music. By the way, they were working on the music five years before they made the game, which is why music is such an integral part of that game. Because they 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 were they finished the music before they finished the game. (laughs)
3: Let's start with a great soundtrack and then we'll make the game around that.
0: Oh yeah, well, guess what? In this case, it works. And (coughs) at the very end of the game, um, the the final thing that you do is give each of the uh, members of of, your circle of of contacts their own unique instrument. And as you do, it adds that instrument to the song, and you're slowly building the song, building the song, building the song until it's all together. And I'm going to say it again. You know, just watch the ending or you don't even need to watch uh, anything that's going on in the rest of the game. Just watch the ending. It's like a movie unto itself. It is that special. But I would not recommend playing it unless you're really into that kind of game.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: but Sanil F, it doesn't take place in the town either. It takes place in Japan. And, uh, to tell you what it's like, first, um, it's, like I said, it's very Junji ito esque. There are these red dagger flowers that are just piercing things. Uh, and you have oh god. And when I was first watching, it says oh god no no. There does everything have to include a Japanese schoolgirl <laughs> in her outfit? Really? Even pretty Silent much. Hill.
3: Pretty pretty much yeah. That's, but that's the way Japanese games work.
0: But uh, yep. the ending um is very disturbing in the way it ends because um. Uh, and spoiler here for a teaser trailer, her face peels off. It, it's, it's that bad. <laughs> so whatever it is, it's going to be creepy as hell. Anyways, uh, we're going to move on to the next item. Sony imposes restrictions on Call of Duty's ability to be on Game Pass. And this comes from Hero Gamer. Sony's current Call of Duty marketing deal, quote-unquote, restricts Activision's big-budget shooter series from appearing on the Xbox Game Pass, Microsoft has claimed. The detail comes from Xbox's full response to last week's filing by the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, in which the regulator raised its current concerns regarding Microsoft's ongoing $68 billion takeover attempt of Activision Blizzard. Uh, Sony's existing marketing deal with so- uh, Call of Duty sees the PlayStation branding used in conjunction with advertising, while players on Sony tra- platforms get early access to in-game content. In Microsoft's response, and a footnote to the main text, the Xbox maker references Phil Spencer's uh, January 20th, 2022 tweet, which stated that Microsoft's intent was to, quote unquote, honor all existing agreements upon Activ- aqu- acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Microsoft goes on to state that the current agreement with Activision Blizzard and Sony, quote unquote, includes restrictions on the ability of Call of Activision Blizzard to place Call of Duty titles on Game Pass for a number of years. On the one hand, the CMA is concerned with Microsoft's acquisition of giving it an unfair advantage in the console market. On the other, Microsoft has countered to say its deal will give players more choice and that its competi- competition with Sony has driven its rival to adopt its own subscription service. Although it has not driven it to release first party games day one. Uh, we'll get into that. Regulatory inspection of Microsoft's Activision Blizzard takeover is surfacing some interesting details such as the fact that Game Pass earned $2.9 billion in the last financial year. In another particularly eye-opening claim, Microsoft last week said the PlayStation's user base would be significantly larger than Xbox, even if every Call of Duty player ditched Sony. Which is a hollow claim because here's the thing. um, I don't think Japanese players really care about Call of Duty.
3: I don't think they do, yeah. And
0: and the other thing is that um, Microsoft's strength has always been – in the United States, because it's an American company. As a matter of fact, last year, uh, la- last generation, I mean, the Xbox One was almost equal with the PlayStation 4 in the U.S. The places where it suffered was Europe and Japan, where it did not sell. Because and um, it's interesting because one of the main complaints we heard from from Mike, I don't know if Microsoft complained about it, but they revealed that um, Sony had been doing a lot of uh, uh, tactics like paying, making agreements with developers that their game would not appear on game pass for like a year or two. Um, and which is also the sort of agri- uh, monetary agreements that they, well, they uh, actually more like financial blackmail uh, regarding cross platform play until Epic, which has a lot of money on its own just said, okay, you want to play that way no Fortnite for you. <laughs> and that was enough to get Sony to change its mind. <laughs>
3: The uh, the other interesting par- aspect to this too is um, Microsoft had actually approached Sony about putting Game Pass on the PlayStation.
0: Oh, that was that that's old news though. And they and, want to and, put uh, it on and, Nintendo and, too. And,
3: and, and, yeah, and, well, but because yeah, the, you know Microsoft has said now from the beginning of this generation is that it's not about the hardware anymore. It's about the service. So the more the more devices they can get playing their service, the better it is for them. And my, uh, Sony, of course, turned them down. But, uh, yeah, it, it would be it would be interesting if, you know, Call of Duty goes on Game Pass and, you know, we'll just put Game Pass on the PlayStation. Problem solved.
0: Well, um, here's the other thing. Um, a lot of people thought that Sony was really upset with the Call of Duty deal because even if Microsoft put Call of Duty on the PlayStation, it would be, well, you can buy it there for $70 or you can have it on game pass for free, you know, but apparently that's not a concern because it's not going to be on game pass. Right. Um, there was something else that I'm trying to remember and now I completely forgot. (laughs) Um, go on, Jordan.
3: I was, I was going to say too, that, you know, Sony's reaction was to buy Bungie and that was a bad deal. That That was a was a bad, that was a bad deal. Um, apparently Bungie's next game is called uh, being codenamed matter. And there's a lot of rumor and innuendo as to what matter is or won't be will or won't be. Uh, one of the theories is that it's going to be a resurrection of uh marathon, uh, which could be interesting.
2: You and
0: know, the funny it, thing is they, they gave it that name and they just opened themselves up to so much shit because it'll be like, if it gets bad reviews, the review title will be, it doesn't matter.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, they Bungie screwed themselves with Destiny 2, unfortunately. You know, launching it as a paid service and then going free to play, and then screwing all the people like me who spent a lot of ah. money buying into the pay service. Um, yeah, so I I don't know I don't know how much um, how much faith people are going to have in future Bungie endeavors. We'll see what the, where that goes.
0: Well, it could have been worse. You could have been playing Anthem.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's worse. You, you tell me what's worse. Buying into a game like Anthem and having it be a crap fest out, out the door oh. and, and, and then getting shut down or buying something like Destiny, which was actually a really good game and, and had decent shooting mechanics, and then all of a sudden going free-to-play, and have once it's gone free-to-play, Bungie decides, oh, yeah, all that content you paid for, <laughs> we're removing that from the game.
0: I don't know, because I wasn't enjoying Destiny either. I just felt repetitive, you know. <sighs> I, en- I
3: enjoyed the repetitive nature, because for I me, mean, it, it, I- you know, it was like a shooter version of Solitaire. It was a way I'd wind down my night, you know, let's go shoot some stuff.
0: Is it me, or am I the only person who really didn't give a shit about Peter Dinklage's voice uh, performance in that game? <laughs> they replaced he's, him. I know they replaced him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. he, I he, mean, he sounded bored. Yeah, I know he sounded bored. Like, yeah,
3: I have to read these lines. <laughs> it's, I it, think, you know, being charitable, I think somebody gave him the direction of you're supposed to be a computer, so he was reading it in a kind of. I don't think he was trying way. to. Make it,
0: Douglas Rain had more inflection. Yeah but i don't it's like i said um i just think sony's angry that they forced them to do playstation plus cuz that is something they and the thing is that um not was it jim ryan? no who is the president of sony, american president of sony? something ryan i don't remember playstation ryan i know it's a name Ryan. Jim Ryan. Yes, I was right. It was Jim Ryan. He pissed off a lot of play, uh, PlayStation owners by saying all this stuff like, well, you know, we're not going to have it because it's it's not economically viable for us. and All these innovations that, you know, are really consumer friendly, he was just shooting down and now they're forced to do, they're forced to, uh, you know, do all this stuff because it's, surprise, it's making them money. Oh, right. So the thing that I wanted to talk about before was um, Microsoft can, can talk about how they are not doing any sort of monopoly because, hey, look, we put all our first first party games on Steam day one as well, and they're a competitor to us. I mean, did you ever think you were going to have Halo games coming out day one on Steam? <laughs> I mean, they knew most people were going to play it on Xbox Game Pass. I mean, that's the entire point. But still, there are people who don't want, who don't own a console and don't want to do Game Pass, who say, "Yeah, I'll play some Halo." And so people are especially grateful because uh, Forza Horizon Five is universally beloved right now.
3: The Forza games have always been super popular.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the the, the Horizon games have been. Mm-hmm. It, 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 uh, Forza Motorsport is a fun game I'm, I'm one of the few people who prefers Motorsport to Horizon but it's also for a lot of people just a dry racing game while Forza Horizon goes just that shit crazy all over I mean they released the st- stupid not stupid but they released the weird uh, Hot Wheels mode
3: I which- bought it just for the Hot Wheels mode <laughs> I was not going to buy that game and then they did the Hot Wheels track and I'm like Fine. <laughs> uh, what, you don't play Trackmaker? Oh, no, not, it's not
0: called Trackmaker. Oh, God damn it! I forgot the name of it. You know, Ubisoft's uh, uh, game in which you can make your own tracks. Uh, Trackmania, Trackmania. Mm, no, I've not heard of that one. Really? Wow. Mm-mm. Okay. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, it's going to go through. I mean, Microsoft wouldn't have done this unless they knew they could they could finagle their way through it. And it's going to be interesting because a lot of the games forget about, forget about, um, uh, call of duty. What about Diablo? Diablo four on, on, on game pass immediate day one. Um, I, I, wonder if Sony's worried about
3: uh, crash bandicoot only being on Xbox. (laughs) yeah, the the one, the one funny thing about Diablo, now that you mentioned Diablo and we've got the story coming up on Diablo three here in a minute, but, uh, the, the, um, remember the Diablo mobile game that everybody got oh, yeah. asked about when they, when they had the announcement at the, you know, their, their big expo and everybody was angry. Well, the mobile game finally came out and it racked up. I forget how many billions of dollars. It's crazy how much money that game has pulled in.
0: Yeah. And there was a big deal about how much money you had to spend to get all the last gems. Yeah. But here's the yeah. thing. Um, the de- most depressing thing about that mobile game is that it's an excellent <laughs> oh, what's it called uh, uh, MMO basically
3: yeah and there there was the one whale who who dropped like two hundred thousand dollars on it Yikes. to get every everything in the game <laughs> and they couldn't play with anybody because he was the class all onto his, uh, himself. <laughs> yeah but here's the
0: thing Microsoft rescued Fallout 76 right? Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how they, quote-unquote, rescue uh, the Diablo, uh, I forgot the name, Diablo mobile game. They might not change it too much, but I'm pretty sure they may do a couple of things that will, like, one thing, you know, World of Warcraft now will now belong to Microsoft, too. Now, obviously, it's not going to be an Xbox Series X, or so I think. But the other thing that Game Pass does, it does perks. And I'm wondering what kind of perks will be released for World of Warcraft. Uh, one no, thing no,
3: that it's a good question.
0: Uh, one thing that people are ecstatic about is that Microsoft getting Activision Blizzard probably means the death of Battle.net. Right. And they, I, I did not know how many people really hated Battle.net aside from just being another storefront, you know.
3: Well, it's an extra hoop to jump through, and, and people don't like extra hoops to jump through, and all they want to do is sit down and play a game. Yeah. Move on to the next item. Uh, go ahead, Jordan. Uh, Diablo III took so long to get rid of its auction house because it was on the box. This comes to us from PC Gamer. Three former Blizzard and Blizzard North grandees gave a panel talk this past weekend at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo discussing the Diablo series and their respective roles in its history. Wait, how, how far One- are you from Portland? I'm in Portland.
0: Oh, you are in Portland. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were in Clackamas.
3: Uh, Clackamas is just on the outside of, out, outskirts of Portland, but oh, yeah, okay. it's, uh, I'm, since we bought the house, the, the house is legit in Portland now. Cool. One of the areas lead designer Jay Wilson discussed was the tradable rune system that Diablo 3 had at one point before switching to a more elective system with an element of player choice. Quote. Blizzard at the time was, and in this case, less true now than I think for the better. So obsessed with perfect game design, said Wilson. When I was at Blizzard, the reason for doing a real money auction house was security, said Wilson. It wasn't money. We didn't think we'd make that much money from it. But the biggest problem with Diablo 2 was item duping and duping hacks and all the gold sellers and all those things. As Wilson succinctly put it, there's almost no way to fix that problem without somehow controlling the trading market. There's lots of good ways to do it, but that was our our idea at the time. The trading market's in the game. We control it so the hackers don't. Same with the always online, said Wilson. As soon as you go offline, you have to give out the client server, and once you do that, the hackers have got you. But I couldn't say those things because you do not poke hackers. You say, <laughs> oh, we're, we're doing this for security reasons, and the hackers say, oh, really? Uh, the most interesting element of the auction house was that when it was decided to get rid of it, Blizzard began to panic internally about something that seemed relatively minor. It was on the box as a selling point.
0: Wow. And to think that was a selling point in the first place. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I I remember all the drama over that. It was hilarious that, oh, my gosh, this 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 auction house. And
0: yeah, I wasn't a fan of it either. But the thing about Diablo Diablo 3 just didn't grab me like uh, like Diablo 2
3: did. Diablo 3 strangely grabbed uh, my wife, Jennifer. I know. My I know she did that game. She
0: yeah. she talked about it with, with Paul all the time. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. She loves she loves that game. And so it was like, well, can we still play that? Why 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 are we not playing that game again? You <laughs> can play the game anytime you want. Yeah. So we have two televisions, we have you know four consoles hooked up, all of which can play Diablo three. So yeah. But the thing is that um so the the um
0: the auction house was making something like 10 to 15 million dollars a day which seems like a lot but actually it was that was pittance compared to what world of warcraft was making right and um i don't know it was just it was just a hassle for them to maintain and really you know i don't know i think they should have i i know your wife may have loved diablo 3 but i didn't like it at all it just didn't feel like Diablo two. Um, we'll
3: see what I, happens I, with Diablo four. I never played Diablo two. Um, my my big problem with the with the Diablo games in general is that um, it becomes a little mind numbing after a while. You're just running around shooting stuff, and um, it kind of reminds me of uh, you know it, the the twin stick shooters like RoboTron, going back to Robotron, oh yeah, um, where. it... it it becomes, um, you know, a a bullet hell trance, which has its own appeal. Don't get me wrong. Bullet hell, going into a trance playing bullet hell games definitely is appealing. But um, I just, you know, Diablo just
2: kind of puts me to sleep a little bit. It just seems shallow because it's like, I remember when I first played Diablo 2 and somebody took me to the cow level and then, we leveled up <laughs> and then we went to bought Diablo within like thirty minutes of starting, and after that I was like, okay, I'm done. Really? And people, and I was like level twenty or something, thirty maybe, and I was seeing people that were level eighty. And I'm like, why would you play this that long? It just. I'm it, gonna it tell you so something. Diablo
0: two perfected the loot grind. It never felt like a grind. And you're always looking for that, just one better. Oh, I, oh, geez. Oh, I want that. You know, it's just that it knew how to make weapons interesting and different and feel valuable, unlike certain games I tried to won't <coughs> mention Borderlands. <coughs> and I just, it was just addictive. It, that's just the entire point. I mean, when you hear that little chime of a diamond hitting the ground, it's like, oh yeah. And I played with a friend. He would get angry at me because I was snapping up all the good stuff. It's like, why don't you give me anything? It's mine. I said, well, you can't use this weapon.
3: I don't care. I want it. <laughs> that was one of the things that Destiny really figured out is that if you're playing with multiple people, what you can see on your screen is what you can pick up. If you if you can see it, it's yours. If, nobody, if, if you can see it, nobody else can see it. Go ahead and grab it. Um, yeah. But, like I said,
0: um, I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to Diablo 4, but uh, Diablo 2
3: remaster is really good. I haven't been able to be play obli- it. Go ahead. I'll, I'll be obligated to pick up Diablo 4. Jennifer wouldn't let me do anything else.
0: <laughs> well, they're having all the classic uh, Diablo 2 uh, 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 classes in it, so it should yeah. be interesting. We're going to move on to the next item. Go ahead, Scott.
2: Okay. Let's see what. Where- Okay. Let's okay. The Sims 5 is at least a couple of years away. This is from PC Gamer. Electronic Arts didn't announce The Sims 5 during today's Behind the Sims Summit livestream, or at least not in so many words. It is still describing the next Sims game as the future of The Sims, but has given it a working title, Project Renee. EA's VP of the franchise, Creative for the Sims, Lindsay Pearson, referred to Project Renee during the live stream as the next generation Sims game and creative platform for showing a glimpse of some of the editing tools and cross platform play. The next Sims game looks like it will be bringing back an expanded version of the creative style tool from Sims 3. Max has showed how individual parts of the piece of furniture can have a selected Pattern, material, custom colors, and even module pieces like different couch backings or bed headboards. Oh, and it looks like you can rotate some objects on the Z-axis, couch cushions in the video shown, which Sims 4 players can only do by using a popular mod. People were really upset when that uh, uh, custom color thing got taken away in Sims 4, because they were so used to being able to really get creative in selecting different colors and different patterns and not having to have someone create a whole entire 3d mesh thing for it. You could just do it yourself and make your own texture. It was Really cool. Uh, Over in its blog post about the live stream, Maxis says players will have the choice to play solo or collaborate with others and will have the ability to play their game across supportive devices, referencing the live decoration uh, editing between desktop and mobile shown during the show. The collaborate bit is less clear. Maxis could be planning full-on multiplayer of some kind, but so far hasn't been specific about the scope. Pearson explains that Project Rene is still a few years away.
0: Yeah, so um if there's ever a game that I won't mind uh, multiplayer with, it's The Sims because while uh, one of the biggest flack that Maxis got for SimCity, City, you know, which basically killed it was the multiplayer that people did not want in that game, which sort of like opened the uh opened the uh, uh, doors for a, uh, what's it called, the other s- Damn it. Uh, C- Cities Unlimited. So, uh, But they, actually, I did play the Facebook version of The Sims as well, which was sort of like multiplayer. Um, but really, The Sims peaked at The Sims 2. That was my favorite Sims, be- and all the expansions were great for it. And a lot of, you know, The Sims 4 was had so much stuff taken out of it. Like, they took out toddlers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Your baby went from yeah. being a baby to a preteen in a second. It's like mm.
3: <laughs> No, that's not the way it works.
0: <laughs> no, it isn't. You have to have the terrible twos, damn it.
3: Jennifer is a huge Sims fan, and um she was greatly disappointed. There was some deal the other night where there's some expansion that was free for a limited time only, and she missed the cutoff to get it for free for like by like two minutes. And I said, well, oh, Change your time zone to Hawaii. You got three more hours. Go get it. <laughs> and so she so she did, and she went and got it, and and she was like, "That's genius! How did you do that?" And I'm like, "We've been changing time zones on consoles for years."
2: Yeah,
0: it was it the Get to Work expansion.
3: I think it was.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, it's free on on Game Pass. Just so you know. That's one of the good things about Game Pass is that when they got Yay Play, it was like it doubled its uh, size. She's
3: she is uh she she bought into it on the Mac, so all of her uh. all of her everything is on the Mac. Um and uh yeah, so she has to you know get the deals where you can find them.
0: Yeah, I mean the main complaint we were talking about last week, and I know Scott remembers, is that The Sims 4 had so many expansions, and a lot of yeah. them are kind of useless. You know, I mean, they're for the they're completionist.
3: And <laughs> they're,
0: it's,
2: it's, it, it's, yeah, it's like $900 to buy all of them. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's crazy how much it costs to buy all of the expansions. And I just want The Sims 2. I, I
0: just want a Sims 2 remastered. I mean, I played The Sims 3. It was fine. Although there was a weird thing about it in which my the person that was based on me would be immortal, so he'd see all of his kids and his grandkids and his great-grandkids grow old and die. While you remain there, an immortal being.
3: <laughs> that was that was one of the things that bugged Jen is that she made versions of herself and myself in the game, and then got bummed when they got old and died.
0: But you don't need to do that with the. Uh, there's ways to keep them alive forever. They, if you yeah. buy the. Uh, oh, I forgot what it's called, but it's the this
2: thing you drink potions from. Yeah. Right. Of uh, whatever the youth thing, yeah. and you have to have. Platinum Aspiration, and uh, it'll slow your age down, give you more time. Uh, I forget how you get it. It's been years. But multiplayer in The Sims would be great.
0: I mean, if if what it was was that uh, you had a central hub area, and you populated it with friends or certain things, and it would always be those friends, right? And maybe if you didn't have any friends, sorry, Uh, it would populate you with other, you know, with other people and it was sort of like you have a central hub or it doesn't even have to be friends. You know, you just go to the central hub and you interact with other people and then you can invite them back to your house to let them see what your house is like. Sort of like Minecraft, actually, now that I think about it. You know, in which you would share what you had with other people and you'd have these stories being made with other people. You know, and it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be bad if like your Sims and their Sims couldn't stand each other because angry conflict is a part of the game and it's fun <laughs> like you tell them you know just poke them in the shoulder and then they start getting angry and then they have the the uh, cartoonish cloud of dust when they fight and of course you have the other opposite side in which you get your character to woohoo with as many other players as possible oh god it's the sim slut simulator
3: <laughs> i'm not here to sim shame
0: yeah, I just wanted to. The thing that I want from the next Sims is that here's the other thing about The Sims 4 is that a lot of it felt shallow. A lot of it felt like, oh, well, you can do the computer, or you can do the computer angrily, or you could do the computer. It's whatever. I want to see some real interactions, you know. And
3: also, I, I want to go ahead. I just remember the the you know. Back in the day, people torturing their Sims. And,
0: oh yeah, I just just build a thing. pool and take out and take out and the way to get out of it.
3: A ladder, or, or you know, uh, put them in a bathroom with with nothing to eat or drink, and then remove the door. Uh,
2: or yeah. or
0: or not let them go to the bathroom so they keep peeing their pants. Right. <laughs> and they die of embarrassment. Yes, in the Sims three and four, you can die of embarrassment.
3: Whereas in real life, you just want to. Uh, and then you play
0: you play uh, 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 rock pa- rock paper scissors with death. But um, I don't know. I w- I just want more. Like I want Sims ha- Sims to have the ability to be short or tall, or really really fat or really really skinny. A lot more body uh, differences. I mean, in the Sims one and two, of course, they all had the same body, right? But well, that's in-
3: that's, that's where you got Street Fighter six for. <laughs> Don't don't tell T J that. <laughs> um, have you seen Have you seen what people are doing with the the body types in Street Fighter Six? It's nuts. Yeah.
0: But you know, just a lot more variety. So that, you know, like I said, I used to play The Sims two and three for hours on end. It was my I don't have anything better to do, so I'm just gonna sit around and watch Sims. I also also like a goldfish mode in which. You could have the Sims playing by itself but not have to constantly micromanage them so they do things intelligently. Cuz if you leave the Sims alone, they're going to do incredibly dumb things. <laughs> you cannot leave them alone.
3: That was that was my prime complaint about the Sims is that, you know, if I'm playing a game, I want to play the game. I don't want to I don't want to sit back and watch the little people do things. I want to take control of the little person and make them do things. Um
0: But I don't wanna I don't wanna walk away and come back and find the house is on fire. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that was very common with them.
0: Or break or, or or walk around as the sink is broken and there's water all over the place. And since they're neat they're really upset because there's water all over the place.
3: Now 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 it makes perfect sense. So you see all of the all of the all of those uh mobile games, the demos for those mobile games to get you to download it are all in fact being played by the Sims. Now it makes perfect sense.
0: <laughs> but even worse, you know, they wouldn't eat when they needed to eat. Right. It's like you're hungry, go eat. What do you need to tell me for it? I mean, they'll go and they'll get the cheapest oldest thing. They'll they'll get the pie with all the flies buzzing around and then surprise they get sick. I want a goldfish one in which I just want to see the stories that comes up with the, with itself. Uh, that, one of the games I would love to see remade is Little Computer People, which was also released by EA wow. way a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, had- yeah. Go ahead.
3: That and uh, Mail Order Monsters. Oh, I love Mail Order Monsters. Um,
0: but if you're going to do Mail Order Monsters, you gotta you got to update it so that there's even more things. I mean, it's like you have a giant plant, and I'm giving it claws and a laser. but little computer people it was sort of like it was the tamagotchi of its day because when you bought the Mm -hmm. disc when you bought the disc it had one person on it and only one kind of person on it with his own name and what was hilarious is if he had the same name as you you'd say my name is greg what is yours and you type in greg he would get angry at you because he thought he was you were making fun of him we can't possibly have the same name and he would remain angry with you for the rest of the time you owned him. That's and like hilarious. I said, you only had one person per disc. If you wanted a different person, guess what? You had to get another. You had to get another game. Got to catch them all. Well, no, I mean they're all randomly generated, so there's no way yeah. you're gonna be able to get them all. But I would like to see that. I mean, the only thing we had that was remotely like that was Seaman, Man, yep. which was weird unto itself. That was bizarre. <laughs> And it's too bad we never got, uh, oh god, Project Natal, which would have been yet another version of that. That
3: that would have been really neat. Uh, it may be a little bit too creepy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because you could actually abuse the kid, and you'd have all yeah. of a sudden child abuse simulator.
3: Yep. But that was probably what doomed that. That you know somebody somebody thought of, well, you know, the internet being the internet, should we really release this game? Uh, maybe not.
0: Well, I mean, it was also Peter Molyneux, so there was only a half chance it would ever get completed. So <laughs> That's true. What does Peter Molyneux do now? He, after Goddess, I th- I don't know what he's doing. I th- well, the funny thing is, from my understanding, Goddess is still being supported, sort of, kind of. And the poor kid who who won the contest to be the all-high king of Goddess is whatever. I, I bet he's not playing it now.
3: According to the Wikipedia, he's currently working for uh, something called 22CANs.
0: Yeah, that's Uh, the that's the development company that that created goddess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. He did this thing in which he uh, said, "Okay, here's a puzzle and you're just going to take a piece off and just have crowdsourcing taking this piece off and to reveal something. I don't know where that ever went. I don't know. I think I think it may have found God.
3: Looks like they haven't done anything since 2016. Their next game is called okay. Legacy, but there's no date on
0: it. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Uh, the last game they have they they completed was something called The Trail Frontier Challenge, I think that's the game I just. Oh no, I'm sorry. Curiosity, What's Inside the Cube, was what I was referring to. That was, actually came before Goddess. So. Yeah, that was their first game. Yeah, it wasn't a game though. It was just well, a, yeah. a, a social experiment. Right. But you know. Which all reminds us, uh, you know, there is supposed to be a new Fable coming out someday. Who knows when. Should be interesting.
3: Fable for me peaked at Fable 2. I I never cared for Fable 3. I liked Fable Um, 3. I
0: wasn't crazy about it, but I liked it. Uh, It was also the first game I ever played in VR. And um, it was really strange because basically what it was when you played Fable 3 in VR, was like you were... It was all of a sudden a tabletop game. And you were watching all these people on... You know, like you're on your table doing all the stuff. So it was sort of like God view looking down. I also loved the movies and stunts and effects. The problem was that it didn't go far enough in its concept and it was felt very, very limited. And I still have yeah. the movies back there. I should install it someday and see if it's good or bad.
3: Probably bad. For me the 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 the, the thing that sold me on Fable Two and will keep me a Fable Two fan for the rest Reaver? of my Reaver. No no <laughs> <laughs> The final boss fight. Oh, you just shoot him. And the, the final boss, and, and I'm getting ready for the, the, the last boss fight in the game. I have no healing items left. All I've got left in my inventory is food and drink. So I'm walking up to the castle, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to eat and drink everything. And I, I I I brought my health up to full by eating all my food and drinking all my wine. Oh
0: wait 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 wait. Was it was it healthy food or 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 fattening food? <laughs> it was whatever I had
3: on me. Okay, and because so
0: in that I, game, I, for those who don't know, if you ate stuff like tofu and carrots, you would start to get thinner and so, But if you ate fatty foods like pies and and all that stuff, you would get fatter and fatter and fatter. <laughs>
3: So I get into the room with the final boss, and the cutscene starts, but the game engine is still running. And so what happens is because I just ate and drank everything, as the as the villain is giving his evil speech, I puke all over his shoes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then Reaver shot him because he didn't have anything to attack him with. And the,
3: and the other dude shot him. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Reaver shot. Here's the thing: if you keep letting him talk, Reaver will just get bored and shoot him. Say, oh, were you listening to that? I lost interest. <laughs> and then Reaver appears in the next game and he is King Karma. It's like he does. He, he's always the evil option. And if you pick the good options, he always figures out a way to make it beneficial to him anyway. Reaver is a character. He's just unrelentingly evil.
3: Well, it kind of goes with the name Reaver, I think. Yeah. Although they, they, had, those in, they yeah. had those in firefly too. So,
0: yeah, the misplaced. And also, uh, speaking of rare games, you know, you also have uh, Perfect Dark coming again, although it's been delayed.
3: Yeah. And I'm, I am I, I'm, I, I saw the news on Perfect Dark, and I'm like, didn't we already do this? Um, it's just, the initiative developing, if I remember correctly. I guess. I, I was never a fan of Perfect Dark. It's one of the, probably, in my opinion, one of the most overrated games that's ever been made. It wasn't good on the Nintendo 64. The <laughs> reboot they did for the Xbox wasn't perfect. Amazing. Dark Zero, yes. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm not I'm not exactly enthused.
0: Well, here's the thing. Um, Perfect Dark, uh, uh the Perfect Dark, uh, what's it called? Rema- remaster of the original Nintendo game, the one they did right, actually got a lot of fans. So it'll be interesting. But Crystal Dynamics is also working on Perfect Dark too. Yeah. It says Unreal Engine 4 but we all know yeah the reason for the delay is they want to put it on Unreal Engine 5. Yeah. Have you seen uh, any of the games that are using the Unreal Engine 5 engine?
3: I I I uh, unfortunately cannot speak to that. I, I I I I literally I could I am contractually bound to not speak about that.
0: Yeah. I mean everybody was stunned at the uh, at the looks of stuff like Hellblade 2. Yeah. Anyways, uh, since you're contractually I'm to say it, we're going to assume that you know something about it, but you really can't talk about it.
3: I, I cannot talk about it. Okay. I, I, yeah. <laughs> but
0: it is the new hotness, and I'm looking forward to the games that are going to have the Unreal Engine 5. I mean, I've always, ever since Unreal, and I was, doing, I was making levels with Unreal Ed, which is short for Unreal Editor, Anyways, uh, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with the industry news and our gaming history articles. We enjoy your feedback. So leave us comments comment on our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, hit us up at Facebook.com GamingPodcast. So subscribe try to do iTunes. Leave some iTunes comments. Um, thanks for joining us on the 500th episode of the Video Game Roundtable. The thing is now 13 years old, which makes me feel old. Very old. I actually am old. I am old, too. I'm the same age as you, damn it. <laughs> You seem to forget this. Meanwhile, I I just own it. (laughs) Meanwhile, Scott, you're what? 30, 31? No,
2: 45.
0: Oh, okay. So you made me feel old now because I remember you
2: when you were in your thirties there, Scott. it was a long time ago then.
0: Yeah. So thanks for listening to the old people's gaming podcast. (laughs) We're not going to have any 13 year olds listening to us, unfortunately, I guess. Anyways,
2: uh, We will see you next week. Okay. Happy gaming, everyone. Bye-bye.